All right, welcome everybody. It's good to see everybody here this morning, all the way in the back. Saw you guys back there. And you guys that are joining us online, we're so thankful that you're here with us tonight. Again, don't forget uh, to be able to take advantage of the photo booth. Uh, make sure that if you're new with this, stop at the Connect Center. We'd love to be able to connect with you. But most of all, we're glad that you're here with us tonight to be able to not only worship together, but kind of bring together this whole idea that we've been talking about for the past three weeks, which is this is good news and it brings great joy, right? And we're here tonight to be able to celebrate that. Tonight, we're coming together to be able to, to take the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift that we're given, take all of the other distractions out and be able to celebrate that. Now, here's the problem with that. We've talked about this for the past couple weeks is, is that It'd be easy, right, if, if it was just, if Christmas was just about celebrating Christ, right? And I make a little bit easier, some of you are like, well, what about lights? What about presents? What about trees? What about food? What about family? What about, so when I talk about this, you know, I want you to understand, like, I'm not down on any of the other things Christmas. But I don't know if anybody would agree, but I think Christmas gets too complicated. <laughs> At least a couple guys agree with me. The idea of Christmas, right, just gets a little bit muddied. Like, not bad to put up lights until you get them all the way up and you plug them in and they don't work. Not that big a deal to be able to buy all of the presents until you get the credit card bill. Everybody paid cash, so you're not going to have that problem. Not a bad idea that you get all of the presents, but then they're all sitting in the room that you have to wrap. Anybody still wrapping presents? Yeah, a few people still wrapping presents. Great idea to have all of the family over, but you've got to cook for all them suckers. Right? You've got to get everything ready to be able to get them over. You've got to clean the house. You've got to make sure everything's ready. You've got to get everything perfect so that when the family comes over, right, you can, you can celebrate that. And so the idea is nothing wrong with it. It just gets a little too complicated. And the problem with it is, is that we miss the point, right? Like in, in all of that, the question becomes, just like we said in the video, in the midst of buying presents, in the midst of having family over, in the midst of decorating your house, in the midst of getting all the food together. Here's the big question. Is there any room left? Right, like that's the idea. Is there room left? Like this, this shouldn't be the question that we ask, but it's one we have to ask. After all of the busyness of getting ready for Christmas, is there any room left for Jesus in the midst of the celebration? So here's what we're gonna do tonight. I'm a, I'm a simple guy, right? So that for me, everything in life is just try to simplify it. Right? Don't make everything complicated. You know, when it comes to teaching, I'm a, let's just strip it all away and let's bring it back down to the basics and let's figure out how can we strip it down and how can we be able to, for just now, and hopefully that it'll carry on, how can we strip it down to what is the birth of Christ about? What is it that we're celebrating? And what is it that can make it true? Right? Because here's what is true. The gift of Jesus Christ if you have not received it, will be the greatest gift you ever get in your life. The greatest gift. 
And if you haven't, we've been praying for you. If you, if you haven't, we, we've been anticipating tonight for an opportunity that you will understand from the simplest terms that the gift of Jesus Christ will absolutely revolutionize your life. And we hope that you can take that step tonight. If you have already got this gift of Jesus, it is a reminder because sometimes we forget it was the greatest gift you've ever been given. And here's the other thing. Don't forget to celebrate it. You see, the world isn't looking for a gift that you got and you put it on the back shelf. The world's not looking for a gift that, that you celebrated for a while, but then you put away. The world's looking for a gift that we can celebrate not just on Christmas. Amen, right? Like We're not gonna just get all excited about Jesus today, but it's gonna be a gift that we're gonna continue to celebrate and celebrate throughout all of eternity while we're on this earth. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to 1 John uh, 4. We're gonna look at verses 7 through 21. And we, we say this every single time we do an Eve Eve service. Tonight's about understanding the gift of Jesus Christ. We're not gonna read the Christmas story. We're not gonna go through the Christmas story. We're gonna go through what is it, if you strip it all down, what are the bare essentials, right? If you're gonna look at the gift, of Christ, what are the bare essentials that we need to understand? And that if you're gonna understand the gift of Christ, what is it that you need to understand and that it's not complicated? So in 1 John 4, we're gonna read verses seven through 21. I'm gonna give you four of the bare essentials, okay? There's multiple ways to look at this, but there's gonna be four things that I'm gonna talk about tonight, bare essentials when it comes to understanding the gift of Christ that hopefully will do two things, okay, when we look at them. Here's the first that I'm hoping for. If you're here today and you've never experienced Jesus, I hope tonight you will experience him and accept him. That's part of it. That's one. Here's the other thing, that when you look at the bare essentials, you'll be reminded of how awesome this gift really is. You'll be reminded tonight how, how this gift, and in the midst of your busyness, in the midst of the complication of Christmas, that you will celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ. So here we're going to read 1 John 4, starting in verse 7, says this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Here's the first bare essential. It's love, right? Now, here's the harder part about it. Sometimes when scripture talks about love, we tend to equate it to the love that we know. So here's the love that we know. The love that we know is conditional, right? right? The love that we know is conditional. So everybody in here has a love language, right? If you never read the five love languages, everybody here has something that if somebody does for you, you feel loved, right? We got any people's love language that is gifts? Only one? He's gonna be the only couple. You're gonna be the only two people happy in the next couple days, right? <laughs> You're gonna be the only two people that are gonna feel absolutely loved over the next couple days because when the gifts gives out. Because you know, the funny thing, guys, we talked about this. If your wife told you not to get her a gift, you still have tonight. <laughs> because it is a lie. They're lying to you, they don't mean it, they want one, make sure you get out there and get them a gift. Because whether it's their love language or not, 
it's kind of like this. I don't want it. You know how women's subliminal language, but you better get it. <laughs> right? That, that's how it works. But love language, right? Everybody has one. So if it's quality time, physical touch, if it's, if it's being able to give presents, whatever those things are, there's something that makes you feel loved. Would you agree with that? Somebody does that for you, whether it's a friend, whether it's a spouse, whether it's you know, somebody that you're an acquaintance with, they did that, and all of a sudden you had this feeling of, like, I really feel loved. But then what happens when they don't? Anybody go through that, right? Like, your love language is quality time, and they're never home. You know, or your love language is, you know, whatever those physical touch, but you don't have any of those things. So we know that it's the both and. When things are going good, we feel really loved, right? And when things aren't, right, whatever those things are, when you don't feel them, then inside of you, you don't feel loved. Or here's the other part of it. So you ever get mad at somebody that you love? And are you still feeling way lovey towards them? You know what I'm saying? Like, you still love them, but the feeling of love tends to go away. Nobody? Right? Like, just that internal, like, oh, I can't wait to be with them, too. If I see them, right, or I don't want to see them. Like, it is this very, for us as human beings, there is this love that's very conditional, if things are going really good and relationships are really good, I feel really loved, things are going really well, and we are gonna get along really well in relationship. But when things aren't going good, when I don't feel loved, when I don't feel things reciprocated, when I don't feel like you're doing your part, relationship tends to get strained. Could we all agree with that? The love that, God, that, that Scripture's talking about, when, when John talks about this love, it's a completely different love. It is a love that no matter what you do, never changes. God isn't like, you didn't show up for church today, so I don't feel like I love you anymore. God's not like, hey, you know, one of God's love languages is quality time. And I know I haven't seen you for a while, and God's, up, God's not up there being like, well, until you come back, I'm, I don't love you anymore, Right? God is not the reciprocation. God does not need love reciprocated for him to love you. He loves you. Think about it this way. So do you remember in the old days, I don't know if this still happens, do you remember in the old days when you would go, go on Christmas Eve and you would always watch the news as a kid? And the reason you're gonna watch the news is because the weather guy was gonna come up and show the radar. Anybody ever remember the radar? And all of a sudden, there's this little red light, right? And it is Rudolph coming from Canada, right? <laughs> like Rudolph and the sleigh is coming from Canada, and it's headed to your house, right? And the weatherman was always like, it's almost to Indiana. It's almost going to be here. And your parents would look around like, listen, you got to get ready. Santa's on his way. He's coming to your house. And you're like super excited. And you're like, the only reason I'm going to bed is because you can't be up. Kids, you can't be up when Santa comes, right? You can't be up. So everybody would go to bed and you'd see it on the radar. So it's the same concept, right? The concept is this. You are on God's radar. 
and he loves you. And it's not one night a year that he's wanting to show up at your house. It is every single day, regardless of what you have done. Do you get that? Like this is a God that is seeking you as you are not seeking him. Now what kind of love is that? Right? What kind of love shows up at your house regardless if you're looking for him? What kind of God from the sky puts you on your radar when you don't have him? Right? The God, when he's, so when he's talking about love, this essential, right, that, that scripture says it is a love that's so hard for us to understand. Right? And think about this. You know, most of us, not only are we conditional in our love, right? We're, we can only give so much when it comes to that. Like, think about this for a second. Like, I love you, and I'm going to buy you a gift. Or I'm going to love you, and I'm going to do this. But there, there gets to a point where the sacrifice is too much. Like, you say it's not. Like, you would give anything. But would you really? Right? In the midst of relationship, would you really give anything? Because in this scripture, here's what it says. You know what the action step of God saying he loves you is? He sent the thing that he loved the most, his son. So it wasn't words. Do you get that? Like, it wasn't just like, hey, I love you. You're on my radar. This is, you know, I want you to know I really love you, and I'm going to sing about you, and I'm going to praise you. No, here's what I'm going to do to prove it. I'm going to prove I want you to process this. I'm going to prove this to you by sending my son. Now know this, fathers, mothers, think about this. I'm going to send the son that I love into a world that hates you, into a world that will destroy you, into a world that will punish you, and into a world that will kill you. You get the depths of the love? The depths of the love that would say a father will not only say that he loves you, but a father who's willing to sacrifice his son to prove to you who are not even looking at him for this hope. You know what his hope is? That someday, someday, you will turn and love him back. But even if you don't, even if you choose not to, I'm going to send him anyway. Is that not love? Right? And the bare essential to truly understand this gift, like if you want to be able to celebrate tonight, like I'm always, I always say this, like when we get in services, you should be super excited to be able to be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ if you really understand what the gift is that you were given. Right? Like, you should be super excited to know that a God loves you, that a God isn't condemning you, that a God wants to be in relationship with you. This should be super exciting. A bare essential to be able to celebrate the gift is understanding love. Here's the next one. Verse 10. It says, this is love, so not that it's a feeling. Verse 10, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 
No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Here's the next one. Here's a bare essential, grace, right? Now, I want you to get this comprehension of what grace is. So just a brief definition. So grace is getting, not getting what you deserve, right, in, in a essence. So I'm gonna explain it to you this way. It's hard to truly understand grace if you don't understand truth. Like grace doesn't make any sense. So when you sing about grace or you talk about grace, grace makes no sense if you don't understand truth. You know what truth is? Here's the truth. Every sin that you commit has to be paid for. That's the truth. And you know how it has to be paid? Something has to die. That's the truth, right? The truth is every single, not not once you get to 10 or once you get to 20 or once you get to the ones that are categorized as the bad ones, right? Or once you do the ones that the world has deemed unacceptable, not when you get to those. No, every single sin that you commit, the penalty for that sin is death. Blood has to be shed. Now, you know one of the reasons that it's hard sometimes to celebrate, you know, how this gift is so transformational it's because we haven't really looked at truth. Because you know what the truth is about me? You know what the truth is about you? You know what I deserve? The same thing as you. Penalty for my sin. And the reason that I can sit up here tonight and I can celebrate and the reason that every day I wake up and celebrate is because I know the truth about myself. You know what the truth about me is? I'm a sinner, and that I deserve punishment for my sin, but because of grace, anybody? Because of grace, I don't get what I deserve. You see, the Old Testament, like the people that were in the Old Testament, you know when Jesus came, you know, the people that understood the sacrificial system, right, I want you to think about this for a second. You might get and understand what, how much, you know, Jesus met if you had to go through the old sacrificial system. So, you know, once you sinned, something had to die. And so if, if your job as a father was, you know what, um, I have to go out and, and slaughter the, the animals to be able to see this bloodshed so that you could see your sins forgiven. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and says, you know what, you're never going to have to do that again. You're never gonna have to witness death again. You're never gonna have to shed blood again. You know why? Because I'm going to do it for you. Like I'm going to be the one that's gonna shed blood for you. And so to understand this idea of this gift and how great it is, you have to understand the essential of grace. And it starts with this today. If you haven't done this, you need to see yourself the way God sees you. He loves you but you know what he knows about you? You need a savior. You know what he knows about you? Is he loves you enough to give you the opportunity to not get what you deserve, but to freely give you his gift of his son that are gonna cover your sins. And so that's my hope tonight, is that for each one of us in this room, that you'll recognize that, right? Why should you recognize that? Well, for some of you in this room today, 
You have never got to that place. Right, so for some of you in the room today, you might come to church, but you've never realized that you need somebody to pay for your sin. Like you might be in this room today and you might have grew up in your family's home where your family went to church. And your family might be faithful, but you've never made a decision that would say for me personally, me personally, I have to make a decision because guess what? My mom's faith can't pay for my sin. My dad's faith can't pay for my sin. Going to church doesn't pay the penalty for sin. What pays the penalty for sin? Jesus Christ and his grace. And so I'm hoping for you guys in the room tonight, you won't walk away without making that decision to be able to truly celebrate that. The other thing is, if you've made that decision, you should be super excited about this whole season, right? Like, you should be super excited that you could celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ because every day, not just Christmas Day, every day you get to celebrate not getting what you deserve. Every day you get to wake up and every day you get to celebrate that Jesus Christ is, you know why it's the best gift ever? Not because of, listen to me, not because someday, you know, the heaven and hell question, not because someday you're not gonna go down because he filled a void inside of you that you could never fill alone. That's why you should be sitting there saying, like, not only am I so thankful that I don't have to pay for my sin and that he loves me, even though sometimes I don't love him well, I want to celebrate because something, a void is filled in me that I tried to fill. Anybody? A lot of the years in your life before you ever met Jesus, anybody ever try to fill the void with something else? Like you just keep piling it in, you keep pushing it in, and you keep hoping that you're gonna be satisfied, but you're never satisfied, and then all of a sudden, what you're celebrating tonight is you got something that satisfied you that nothing else could, right? So the essential or the understanding of grace. Here's what he says next, verse 13. So we have love as an essential and grace as an essential. He says this in 13, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. So he's talking about understanding what this gift looks like and that we have it. He has given us the spirit and we have seen and testified uh, that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And God... And so we know and rely on the love of God, the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So if you see in, in the part of that scripture, he refers to himself as a father because he's starting to help you get this understanding. So not only is it love, so one of the essentials is love, not only is an essential grace, but the other essential is this identity or understanding of the family. You see, from the beginning, this is what God says about family. God said from the beginning, family is vital. You know why? You know why family's vital? No one in this room was ever made to do life alone. No one. No one in this room was made to do life on their own. So from the beginning, God put this emphasis on family, right? And the reason that he put this emphasis on family was not only that you shouldn't do life alone, he understood something. When family is done right, okay, think about this. 
When family is right, your family loves you even when you suck. When family's right. True? Right? Like, when family is going the way God designed family to go, they still love you. They'll still be with you. They'll still have your back. They'll still fight for you, right? Even when you are not that good. That's what family's supposed to do. That's why God created the family unit. And guess who's been trying to tear it down from the beginning? From the beginning, Satan has tried to tear apart the family unit and isolate people because he knew from the beginning God knew you needed a family. But you know what happens? <laughs> when Satan gets involved, here's what's happened in our world today. We got a lot of jacked up families. True, right? And I don't even mean that bad, right? Like every once in a while, the family gets jacked up, right? So you know what God said the answer to that's going to be? Because it is gonna happen. Sometime your physical family, for many different reasons, aren't going to be what they're supposed to be, right? That's just gonna happen. Nobody's perfect. Different parts of your family, different personalities, things are gonna go awry, people are going to be gone, things that you didn't think were gonna happen, happened. But either way, the family gets disrupted. So you know what he said the answer to that is? I'm not gonna leave you alone. You're gonna have a spiritual family, right? So the idea of being in church isn't so that you can come and isolate yourself and be alone. The idea of being in church is not being noticed. You know how sometimes you know you might be, you actually might be one of these people. You come in late and you leave early. All of you guys back there next to the exits, I see you. <laughs> I know how it works. See, everybody up here, you're trapped. It takes you forever, you know, to get out of here, right? But the idea is, is that God knew that you're gonna live in a world that's gonna try to isolate you. God knew that you're gonna live in a world that's gonna try to keep you from real relationships. Like, everybody has relationships, amen? Everybody has enough people to talk to. Like when you don't even want to answer your phone, like you're sick of talking to people. But that's not real relationship, right? Like we have enough of that, but God says you need real relationship. And if you can't get it in your family, you should be able to get it from the family of God. You should be able to get it from the church. You should be able to open yourself up to the family. But guess what happens? Sometimes the spiritual family gets jacked up. Come on, right? Like anybody that's been in church for a while, right? You expect certain things, and guess what? They don't always happen. You would assume that everybody in here is nice. They're really not. You would think any, everybody in here is just waiting to talk to you, that everybody in here wants to be in relationship with you. We're assuming those things, but guess what? We're all people. We're all living the life, and every once in a while, the best that we can do and the best that we try to do, sometimes the family of God isn't even what you get or what you need. 
But you know what he says? <laughs> you know what's so cool? Even when your physical family and your spiritual family aren't there, you want to know the family or the father that will never leave you nor forsake you and will never be jacked up? When you become a son and a daughter of the king, everything in the world could be wrong. Everything. Everything in the church could be wrong. And your father will be there for you. To love you, to pass grace on to you, to not give you what you deserve. You know those love languages? Whatever those love languages are, they don't go away with God. It's not reciprocal. When he says you're your father, now listen to me. This is serious. Like, when he says he is a father, he is not a father that's going to wake or walk away from his children. Just not. You see, some of you that are in here today are struggling with this idea because you've been walking away from, from God for a long, long time. And you're wondering, like, what do I have to do to get my life right, to get back to him? Nothing. Turn to the Father. He will welcome you in with open arms. That's the Father that he is. That's the God that he is. Because that's who we should be, you know what I mean? Like, as physical fathers, as physical mothers, that's who we should be, but sometimes we're not. No matter what you've done in your life, no matter how many times you, you know, you've went away, no matter how many times you've run away, we, we want to believe that we would be the people like, just come on back. You don't have to do anything. I'll completely trust you again. I'll completely trust that you're going to do all the right. Like, we think that, but that's really not the way it works. But God says, no matter what you've done, Come on back. And that goes in both ways. You see, some of you that are here tonight have never even identified as a son and daughter. And let me tell you, listen, there is nothing like being a son of the king. Nothing. There's nothing like, and I've, I've experienced this in my life, when the things of the world aren't going right, when things don't add up, anybody been there? It doesn't add up. It doesn't go the way that it's supposed to go. I always know this. I can always go and sit in my father's arms. And you know what else is crazy? Like, I think about this. You know how many times I've been mad at God? You know how many times I've yelled at him? Anybody else? Right? Like how many times you've just been like, this is not right. This is not the way that it's supposed to go. This is not the way that it's supposed to turn out. How could a loving, think about saying this to God, how could a loving God let that happen? Screaming at him. You know what he says? Come on over. I got you. Who does that? Right? That you could be screaming and sitting at the same time. That's beautiful. 
That's the essential. That's why we should celebrate the gift. Because no matter what you have done, how many times you've walked away, how many times you've been upset, you still are a son and daughter of the king, and you should celebrate that. Now, here's the last essential. Here's what he says in verse 17. This is how, we, this is how love is made complete. So he's, so he's talking through this, you know, you understand what love is, and you understand what grace is, and you understand what it means to be a part of the family, but there's something to do with it, right? Like there's something to move on. There's something that makes all of this complete. This is what he says. This is how love is made complete among us so that you will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they uh, have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must love their brother and their sister. So the worship team's gonna come back up. Let me give you this last essential. Here's the last essential. Last essential is this. Yes, he loves you. Yes, he has grace for you, right? Yes, he wants you to be a part of the family. But listen, you can't be a people without a purpose. You just can't. You can't be a people of God without a purpose, right? You can't just accept his love. This is what he's trying to say. Like, it doesn't make any sense if you say, oh, I'm so thankful that God loves me and I'm so thankful that I have the grace that doesn't give me what I deserve. I'm so thankful that in the midst of all the craziness of the world and the things that I have done that I can still be a part of the family, but I don't care about the rest of you. You see how that doesn't add up? You see how it doesn't add up that you can accept the greatness of all of the gift that he gives us, but you can't accept the purpose that he gives you of what you're supposed to do with it. You know what you're supposed to do with it? You're supposed to love other people. Well, that seems simple, doesn't it? Does that seem simple? You see, here's the question. How do you love other people? Right? What does it mean to love other people? What does it mean to be able to, to go out? Because you know what, the, the, listen to me, you know what they say? The world will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love. What does it mean? What does it mean to love? Well, it starts with this. If you truly love your children, if you truly love your neighbor, then you care where they're spending eternity. That's where it starts. You see, I want you to think about this. Like, it's easy to say, like, I want to love, I want to give, I want to be, like, I want to go there, and I want to be helpful, I want to do, you know, I want to I serve. But listen, the world does those things. Do you understand me? Like, there are a lot of great people in the world that bring meals. 
There are a lot of great people in the world that serve people. There are a lot of great people in the world that will give money. A lot of great people in the world that will, will, will do everything they can to, to help everybody that they can. But you know the one thing they don't have? The one thing that they don't have? Jesus. It's the one thing that they don't have. The one thing that they can't give that you as Christian people are the only ones who can is Jesus Christ. And so the question just is this all of the time. Like, what are you gonna do with your gift? How are you gonna celebrate? Are we gonna be here tonight and we're gonna be like, you're gonna walk away and be like, Man, it was so good. We're going to come together, and I love that we could celebrate, and I love that we could, you know, be able to celebrate Christmas Eve together, and I'm glad, or Christmas Eve Eve, and I'm glad that the gift, you're right, it's so awesome. Now, I'm not going to do anything with it, but it's a great gift. Then that would say that you don't understand love. Do you see that? Like you said, because God said to love other people, the people that will love people. Like you can't not love people and still love God. Those two things don't work. So he says this. This is what I need from each one of you, he would say. I need for you tonight and tomorrow and the next day to share the gift. Bare essentials. He loves you. You're not getting what you deserve. You can be welcomed into a family. You can fill a void that you've been trying to fill for a long time. And finally in your life, you can have purpose beyond pleasure. But you can now have purpose in your job, purpose in your fun, purpose in everything that you do. Because as long as you take what you're doing and put Jesus in the center, he's gonna do the rest, right? So here's what we're gonna do tonight. So we're gonna celebrate that. It's a tradition uh, here at Life Church. So we're gonna do a candlelight uh, service together. We're gonna be able to sing a song. But here's what I want you to think about, right? So for you guys that are, that are here tonight, as we're lighting the candle, here's what I want you to think and here's what I want you to remember. So today, as we're lighting the, these candles, if you are a person here tonight, who does not know and doesn't understand the love of Jesus Christ, as you light this candle, will you consider accepting the gift? Will you consider accepting tonight that God loves you, that he sent his only son for you, that you don't have to give what you deserve, that all you have to do is accept him as Lord and Savior in your life and you can be a part of the family? Would you do that? If you are somebody who has, as you're lighting this light tonight, will you light it? And as, as you light it, will you just inside of your heart remember what an awesome gift Jesus Christ really is? So will you stand with me? And I'm gonna pray, and then we'll light the candles. So Heavenly Father, as we light each one of these candles in this room tonight, Lord, and as we look out, that's what I just ask, Lord, is that as we're, doing this and as we're lighting these candles, may we look out and may we celebrate that we as Christian people get to be light into a dark world. Lord, I'm so thankful that even though I don't always have my life right, even though I'm not doing things always the way that I'm supposed to be done, Lord, you said that we can be a light into a dark world. And so tonight we wanna celebrate that. 
I'm thankful for your love. I'm thankful for your grace. I'm thankful that we can be in a family together. I'm so thankful that we can live on purpose. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen.